The following program is brought to you free of charge by the sponsorship of Novos Ordo Watch. See for yourself that the Church of the Second Vatican Council is not in fact the Catholic Church of the Ages. Go to NovosOrdoWatch.org. That's NovosOrdoWatch.org. Ladies and gentlemen, to Trad Reviews on member-supported Restoration Radio. I'm your host, Stephen Heiner, and with me today is Jason Guardiano and Heather. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Hello. Nice to be here. Today we are going to be discussing Risen, which is a movie that has hit theaters uh, in the United States in the last month or so and is due out in Europe at least in the next week or two. And now we are in the post-Lenten season. It's probably a good time to to reflect on a movie like this. So I'm going to start by talking about the film itself so you, you'll understand what the subject matter is. It's It follows the story of a Roman functionary, legionnaire, named Clavius. And Clavius works for Pontius Pilate, or is in, is in that part of that administration. So Pontius Pilate is his direct superior. And we start the film watching a battle sequence uh, in which Barabbas is the leader. And uh, we, we watch Barabbas get his, so that's, uh, that's kind of a, a cool part of the movie. Uh, may, maybe true, maybe not, who knows. But very very historically accurate in terms of costuming and, and the look and feel of, of uh, the Holy Land. We then watch uh, Clavius follow the mystery of... of uh, our Lord's missing body, starting with his witnessing the end of the crucifixion. So our Lord had already died. And all the way through to uh, our Lord appearing to the apostles in the upper room. And he, he feels compelled to find out what's the real story, what's the real story, because it can't be possible for a man to be raised from the dead. And we end uh, with our Lord's ascension. I want to just go around the the table here for a moment and get everybody's two minute reactions to the film. Uh, we'll save our ratings for later, but you know, why'd you see the movie and what were you thinking either uh, before, during, uh, after the movie? Okay. Well, I went to see it because Steven made me <laughs> basically. I tend to not go to movies in the theater and I was hardly even aware this one was out. I'd vaguely heard of it, but wasn't that interested. It was. Uh, I did like the premise of an investigation. I like mysteries. So that was interesting, and I'm overall glad I went, I think. Well, with this movie, I wouldn't have seen it unless Stephen had asked me to, so uh, <laughs> I went ahead and did that. And, uh, of course, the, you know, the trailers, you know, it's another, I suppose, Hollywood's take of, of the mystery of our Lord. Anyway, uh... I, I always watch movies like this with dread, so, and I came out not any difference, I guess. 
so I, I, I feel bad insofar as I forced two people to go see movies. Um, I, I went, I, uh, I went with my parents, um, and, and my parents, unfortunately, I think they, they like, they like some of, of these things a bit more than, than, uh, they should potentially. That's a longer conversation for me to have with them sometime, uh, try to convince them of that. But I, I was prepared for anything. I, I, I knew it wasn't made by a traditional Catholic, but I, I guess I was hoping for the best. So maybe I was the, the, the other part of Jason's dread is I was maybe doing the, the typical, uh, half full, uh, glass half full thing. And I, upon just the further and further I get from watching this movie, the less and less I like it. So if I already didn't like it when I, when I saw it, then I've only disliked it more in the weeks since I've seen it. And I've, we're recording this now um, some weeks from when uh, everyone has had a chance to see it. So to be fair, let's start with the good news first. Okay, so um, just uh, as, as we feel like it, as the spirit moves us, um, <laughs> tell us what you liked about the film. Well, I think Joseph Lyons is a good actor, so the acting is good. Yes, the character of Clavius. Yes. And I liked that when they were in the Roman setting, they did a good job. It was, it, it would be a mystery. That made sense that he was curious about that. Um, so I, I thought that part was well done. Yes, definitely the, the Roman side, the politics, the Roman, uh, order and falling orders and then the, uh, the Pharisees coming to visit, you know, all of that seem, uh, positive. I liked some of the human reflection. We're, we're watching Pilate after the condemnation, and he's still having to deal with the high priests. And those reactions, those interactions strike me as, as quite authentic. I think that's probably exactly what he had to deal with. There's also an interesting uh, conversation between Clavius and Pilate about ambition, about what it is that... And, and you know, Pilate's sort of asking, well, you know, what is this all for? It's like, I know you want to be me. And... and that, that question, and, and Clavius is asking himself, like, why, why am I doing all this? I, I, I want to I wanna get a small home out in the middle of, of nowhere, but I have to do all this killing in order, in order to get there. So I, I thought those interactions really, I think they were genuine. And, and you're talking about pagans. Um, Clavius was devout to uh, uh, Mars, the god of war. And so he had a, a, a sort of natural piety. It was misdirected. He, he didn't obviously know about the true god. But there was an openness there because he was willing to follow the truth. He, he, he was very compelled by truth. So I like that. There's also some dramatic scenes that I thought were done well. So there's a scene towards the end of the film in which the apostles throw the fish, the, the net out for the fish. And as the fish take in, the boat almost capsizes. And I was really struck by that. And I thought that is probably maybe not exactly how it was, but the power of the fish and how dramatically the boat moves over, I, that's a great image. I think that's something that I will probably bring to my meditations on that verse now. I just, I, I think I'd never seen it. I think we always, we read the scripture saying like the boat was almost sinking. And I think we just get the sense like the boat was heavy and so the boat goes into the water. Uh, but the idea of it being capsized because you're pulling from the right, that makes a lot of sense. I like that. Um, I also like that despite the fact that this wasn't made by Catholics, they made use of tradition. So um, we have the story of Longinus. Well, that's not in scripture. Where's my sola scriptura there? Uh, <laughs> clearly, they they lifted that. Um, so and and again, some of this the other the other things that surround that make sense. Um, I also liked 
the fact that they couldn't ignore the scriptural focus on St. Peter. Right. So when they're in the upper room and our Lord goes away, they all say, well, Peter, should we do this? And then he says yes, and then they go. Also, there's a time when our Lord takes St. Peter aside and says, feed my lamb, feed I'm taking you aside specially. So whether they want to admit it or not, they're showcasing over and over that Peter was set aside. Um, Whatever problems they may have had that we'll be discussing, they clearly wanted to present it authentically and in a good light. They weren't out to get anyone right. for their faith. I, I guess, yeah, I would say it wasn't it wasn't a hatchet job. However, because, and that's a great segue, Heather, because they, they're not correctly oriented, the way that they put forward some of these things or the way that they interpret some of them are, are really problematic. So, you know, the bad news section, who wants to get started with that? Well, the apostles. <laughs> <laughs> they were kind of stoned hippie idiots. I think definitely. That's how they were portrayed. Or New Age. Mary Magdalene was very New Age. I, I, I liked her gravitas, but it, it was yeah. just weird. Saint, uh, but you're talking about St. Bartholomew um, as a total... Mostly, but... This is going to yeah. be awesome, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I, was just, I was just struck by, by... You don't... Could they really possibly believe that one of the apostles was like, this changes everything. Yeah. This is awesome. This this whole reaction, just very poor Ariel. I, I really, really dislike that. I, I remember just thinking as he was acting, I was like, this is, you don't really think an apostle acted this way. Right. And at one point I was reminded of puppies running around. They were running around bumping into each other. Oh, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Oh, yes. no, no, I don't think so. Exactly. It, it just, it was kind of just sad to see them as a bunch of bumbling idiots that that uh you know jesus appears to them and then disappears and all of a sudden it's like their their toy is gone and they they, they're completely lost you know they they have no dignity of their office um i mean i mean peter is the leader but he still needs a prompting from mary madeline to to do something or anything which which is probably somewhat true right because the the women at least in that part of of the resurrection story are the ones who are you know telling you know, this is what happened. And our Lord appeared to yeah. them first, right? Yeah. So, and and uh, they they still uh, don't have the credibility. It's it's odd. It is as though Jesus had had no influence on any of them during the time they spent with him. Well, let's focus on him. I I didn't like Jesus no, at all here. Not at all. Uh, very. I mean, if he he would be the hippie in chief here, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. And and again, nothing negative about his portrayal. It's just very very banal. Uh, smiling, you know, put his hand on you. In some ways, I, I didn't. I felt that they were a little grabby with our Lord. I mean, I, I want to. I want to make sure I clarify. So today's uh, today um, in, in recent gospels, we've read about um, Judas betraying our Lord with a kiss. Well, if he's kissed our Lord, and let's say you know, kiss on cheek, it wouldn't have been an extraordinary thing. It means that at some point in the previous three years, Judas had probably kissed our Lord. So it. I'm not bothered by people touching our Lord. And especially, too, Mary Magdalene rushes him and she says, don't, he says, don't touch me. Well, it means in the past she must have, right? So I don't have a problem with people touching our Lord. I don't think his human form was there. He, he rubbed his hand into mud. He put it into people's eyes. Like, he was in contact with people. But the way that this Jesus con- conducts himself, it's just very much of a, a big brother. You know, put his arm around you. A little too familiar for me. So I'm not saying our Lord wasn't affectionate or didn't allow affection to be shown to him, 
but this depiction is just it's just lacking. It was really lacking in depth. It didn't seem like authentic affection, just kind of a hang, guys hanging out that are friendly with each other. But our Lord had a deep affection for all his disciples and the apostles, uh, not just a bunch of frat brothers hanging out. I think it's telling that that maybe the best performance was turned in by the Roman, right? Yes. So it's Joseph Fiennes <laughs> turns in. Probably he's the only really well-seasoned professional actor among uh, among all of the, 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 the cast and crew. I did have one issue with the Roman side of things. When, after uh, Clavius believes and is following Peter and the other apostles, and they, they run into his former assistant, mm-hmm. and the assistant backs down and lets them go. Well, there was no build-up to why he would do that. They knew each other for two, three days. They didn't have a long mentor-mentee relationship where he would just go against everything he's been trained to do and let them go. So that was that was kind of weak. I, I definitely think it's weak. I, I, I think they would make the argument that he had gotten some of the interviews of people who had seen Jesus resurrected, and so he thought maybe there was something a bit bit, uh, awry here. But you're right, he was ambitious. Like, of course he would have turned him in. There's no way he wouldn't have turned in Clavius. There's no way. So, uh, yes, I think a very weak point in the plot. But that's the thing is, uh, this is where I get to my my biggest problem with this. Uh, And I suppose we can segue into our third segment here, which is the verdict. Um, This is definitely a don't bother to see. Definitely do not let your kids see this. Uh, and by kids, I mean anyone under the age of uh, 14, I think. People who are 14, traditional Catholics who are 14 and older, will see through some of these challenges. But younger kids may not. And I see this as, unfortunately, the comic bookization of Scripture. And by that I mean an adaptation of a story. Uh, we don't have to have all of the facts. Let's add some other things. We'll add in some dialogue, add in some characters. And we'll make the gospel fun and exciting. And that get a chase sequence. You know, we've got to have a, a mystery, a, a high, they're hiding from somewhere. Um, we've got to have that resolution at the end where Clavius is talking with Jesus. You know, what do you want to do? You know, what do you want to be? And, and again, there's nothing, there's nothing serious given there. It's just, it's just, uh, again, a day with, a day with no killing, a, a day of peace. There is something there, but it, it goes back to the, you know, the hippie, the hippie right. sense. Like, oh, I just, I just want right. to live in peace with everybody. And Jesus never said, well, how, how do you achieve this? Jesus could tell him how to achieve that. Exactly. So I, I smell a unfortunate universe of films. If this is successful commercially, uh, an entire universe of apostolic Jesus scriptural stories that will take the same liberties that this film does, which, which means it's basically worthless. If you've got a little drop of poison, and this has more than a few right. little drops, the whole thing's pointless. Ah, oh, that reminds me. I also didn't like the the usual Our Lady losing her mind at the, at the foot of the cross. That. And I really have to put up with that in Zeffirelli's Jesus of Nazareth, right? And we get that. He's an Italian. I, I, he can't do it any other way. But to do it again, yeah. it's like Our Lady was not losing her mind. And according uh, to the movie, the only reason Jesus' legs weren't broken is because Mary went so crazy with the screaming and the yelling. Right, that, that Clavius, Clavius intervened, right. So I, I, that's, my, that's my verdict. Um, two, two, two thumbs down and, and both of my, my toe thumbs down as well. So four, <laughs> four uh, carpels down, I suppose. I guess I'll give one thumb up for the Roman side. Okay. But if we're going with four thumbs, 
the rest of the three thumbs are down. <laughs> okay. It, to sum it up, when I saw Jesus, I said, oh, Francis would really like him. <laughs> ah, well, I don't. <laughs> and, and that says it all. All to go with two thumbs down. It, it's almost a parody movie in a way. I mean, you look at the way they treated uh, Mary Magdalene, for example, and then they go, they ask the soldiers, oh, who knows Mary Magdalene? You know, they all raise their hands. So, ha, 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 let's all have And a... where did they find Mary Magdalene? <laughs> they didn't find her in the Senegal. They found her at a tavern. Right. That's not likely. Right. And then uh, the cameo of the Shroud, where you have the negative image of the Shroud on the Shroud, when obviously, you know, we only saw that via photograph. So that was very strange. So overall, just the 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 lack of well, of course, it's not made by traditional Catholics. So the lack of sacraments, the lack of of grace, it seems, and and the Jesus ascension via backing away into the sun into a rocket nuclear explosion sort of thing. <laughs> right, right. No mass celebrated. No baptisms. Yeah. We don't see we don't see that. And then we see the sort of gratuitous miracle at the end where. Our Lord heals a leper, right? And 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 it's true. At one, you know, uh, Sclavius says, "Has this happened?" He says, "Oh, plenty of times." And yes, in Scripture it says, "There's no way we could tell you." All we get in Scripture is a sliver of the miracles. Like we get a piece of all the miracles that had been happening over and over and over. We get a sampling. That's why we get a feeding of the five thousand, a feeding of the four thousand. Sure, there's a feeding of the three thousand. However, it might have been, but this sort of gratuitous. Our Lord healing the leper at the end just to, to, to prove to Clavius, as if Clavius needed any more proving at this point about who this guy was. Right. Um, I, uh, again, all of these are weak, which brings us to our final segment today, which is coming quote-unquote attractions, or maybe coming detractions. <laughs> and in the trailer, as you know, uh, in, a, in the United States, they usually... Uh, companies buy trailers to accompany other sorts of films. So in Star Wars, you're going to see trailers for other nerdy films because there's a bunch of nerds watching your, your movie. Well, there are probably going to be a bunch of Jesus people watching your movie. So I saw God is Not Dead Part 2 as a trailer, which is only a film that would only be made in America. Uh, and Young Messiah, which... <laughs> was, for those of you who are old enough to remember, the young Indiana Jones Chronicles, which were actually enjoyable. Um, this was uh, basically a take on this. And I can't think of anything other than Blasphemous. And this was just from the trailer. Mm-hmm. And I thought I read Anne Rice wrote the book that this was based on. And if anyone is familiar with Anne Rice, who became famous for the vampire series. And then for a public conversion to no sort of Catholicism and, and then, then a backing off of right. <laughs> So that that should say everything about what the movie will be. It's certainly not going to be an accurate or reverential depiction of Jesus. I suppose our, our listeners can go online and look at the trailer for themselves, Jason, but what were some of the, the, the grossest, uh, most blatant things in the trailer that you can remember? Uh, you have the Holy Family worrying about how are we going to tell them that, he, that he's, you know, that we, yeah. he's special. <laughs> <laughs> the idea that God doesn't know who he, who he is. is. Yeah, it was it was really, really, really problematic. And again, it, it's sort of scary. This is what happens when Protestants have money. 
is they go and do things like this again to heather's point probably well-meaning but well-meaning in their already disordered universe so now they're going to spread this disorder to many more people and it'll be attractively packaged to them they can go home with a good feeling like oh yeah that jesus guy he's for peace and he's friendly and he loves everybody and who's he to judge and and one of my Novus Ordo friends has already asked me to like the Young Messiah page on Facebook. So, uh, no, even a conservative is not going in with their eyes open to the fact that this is apocryphal gospel this is based on. Well, I guess our, our takeaway from this is, if Stephen asks you to go see a movie for a chat review, it's just, <laughs> just, just you might not want to. Uh, hopefully uh, we won't have uh, such a movie uh, next time. But, um, Heather, thanks so much for joining us, Jason. Uh, thanks Thank for thanks. thanks for being on and and putting up with the the film and then taking <laughs> some time to chat about it. Uh, for our listeners, if you have films or books uh, or board games, as you know, Trout Reviews covers many things that you'd like us to talk about. Uh, let us know. And someone had mentioned um, over over at the annual meeting that people had an impression Trout Reviews was only about secular books, and it's not true. Uh, we've done introduction to the devout life before as a Trout Review. We we will. We just try to cover lots of different options obviously our entire network is based on religious stuff uh and we want to maybe bring some some cultural and, and other context in with that and and hence talking about a, a terrible movie that you shouldn't see uh or if you do see it make sure that you bring the appropriate uh, precautions you can email us tradreviews at drewrestoration.org and from all us all of us here at the network if you have found our work to be helpful or beneficial to your spiritual life in any way we ask that you please consider saying a prayer for our apostolate. For the Restoration, I am Stephen Heiner. May God bless you. This program was brought to you free of charge by the sponsorship of Novus Ordo Watch. See for yourself that the Church of the Second Vatican Council is not in fact the Catholic Church of the Ages. Go to NovusOrdoWatch.org. That's NovusOrdoWatch.org.